right, I'm back with the bestie today. We are digging into the topic of overcoming the things we thought we couldn't and the things we had no choice but to overcome. Oh, so many rabbit holes, so many ways this conversation could go. How long did you plan for the podcast today? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this, re this really could get deep here on all the many ways that this is such just like an ongoing true statement of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So what first comes to mind for you when I say that phrase? I So I thought about this um, when you sent me that topic the other day and I'm like, oh, I've done, I've done a lot of hard things. Uh, what could I say was like the first hard thing? And I think it would be having a baby at age 17. Like that, that was 10 out of 10, don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was really tough that was really really tough um zero support from family um did it on my own and you know still managed to finish school and raise a baby that's that was really hard that was really that's, hard that's like a lot of layers of the overcoming it's not just even just one thing I no. mean, that's the whole the whole encompassing was, of creating a human bringing a yeah. human raising a human and then trying to be a human yourself through it all yeah it was a baby it was a baby raising a baby and then two it was I had a lot to prove because you know my dad was not on board with me carrying that pregnancy through that was one of the first things that he told me is like okay so we're gonna go get this taken care of and I was like what do you mean I'm super naive I'm like you know, gullible as can be. Like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I think it takes a little while, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, right now. And he's like, no, you're going to go get an abortion. Oh, hard pass. No way. Absolutely not. Nope. Um, I will. Nope. I made my bed and I'll lie in it. I will take care of this baby and I will make sure that I take care of her the right way. And that was, that was tough. I had a lot to prove. I had a lot to prove. Nobody thought that I could do it. At least nobody that told me so. Everybody told me that I couldn't. Uh, didn't have a lot of people that were like, you got this, you're okay. So I was like, no, I'll show them. I will raise a functional human being um, that is not a psychopath, um, that is a pretty wonderful person. And, you know, Ashlyn's 24 years old now. She, has her moments to where you know she's interesting but i am so proud of her she fights for what she believes in she is a functioning member of society she's a pediatric er technician at a huge hospital she really has a huge heart she does so very much believe in taking care of others and I had a little hand in that I mean everybody's going to be who they're going to be but I think I like to think that I helped out with that and absolutely you helped out with that and you know sometimes it takes people not believing in us to really step forward to show them what we are capable of oh, and what we are absolutely. capable of overcoming yeah, I'm definitely one of those people like, okay, you tell me that I can't do something. I'm going to do the whole, hold my beer thing and watch me mm -hmm. <laughs> and I will show you what I will overcome. Absolutely. It's tough, you know, because that can really go one of two ways. And I think a lot of that depends on the person and their mindset. And the mindset, of course, is going to come from how they've been influenced in their life mm -hmm. from many different angles. It's either going to be hold my beer or you're right, I can't. And they're going to recoil back oh. into themselves and just believe the bullshit that they're told mm -hmm. and you didn't. And that's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I, Ashlyn's amazing. She really is. She makes me very proud and, uh, couldn't ask for a better adult kid. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is yeah, pretty cool. She's pretty great. Shout out to mm -hmm. Ashlyn. If you're listening, you should definitely be listening with your mom on here. <laughs> <laughs> She, I can relate to the things were lame. That's fine, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We're, we're still cool. Yeah. 
she has no idea how cool we are, man. She's just, you know, uninformed. One day she'll look back back and be like, damn, Mom and Sarah were the coolest. Yeah, right? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I mean, the thing I'll say about the motherhood thing, you know, overcoming the things you think you can't overcome. I mean, for me, absolutely like the labor and delivery part of it. I just... That was so rough for you. I just had the most traumatic and maybe not the most, but like, it, it was, was a very traumatic, horrible. it was pretty yeah. horrible. It was a traumatic experience. Hence why I only have one child, but you know, right. I went into it with the mindset of, um, I mean, and super naive, obviously, because it didn't go this way, but going into it with the mindset of, look, I'm an endurance athlete. Okay. I know how to handle hard things. I know how to endure. I know how to like, push through and grit my teeth and and get there. What I hadn't considered was that I had no idea where that finish line was. And that is what just completely fucked with my head in the trenches of that long ass labor that I endured. And, you know, and then to like, feel like a failure, of course, because of how definitely not a failure. You birthed, (laughs) well, I'm through it now. I know I'm through it now. I'm past the, the emotional (laughs) part of that now, but I mean, that was real for me at the time, you know, and that was, that was just something that I, you know, never dreamed would go that way, but I guess you just don't know until, you know, but for me, it was, um, overcoming it because, well, there's, you know, there's no choice. This baby's coming out of your body one way or the other. So you're going Mm -hmm. to overcome this, pain and just this uh, agony and the fear of it all. And, and the, you know, the, the sh- even shame and failure that surrounded it for me in that moment, just because of just how he I was felt, trying to but... come out sideways. Yeah. Sakes. I mean, that's not how that, that's not, that's not how that's meant to go. <laughs> But you know what? I'm not the only one that thinks that though, because interestingly enough, um, I just finished reading Tara Goucher's uh, first book. If you don't know who she is, she's a a professional runner and she just put out a book called The Longest Race. And she too described exactly what I thought for labor as well. It's like, look, I'm a freaking professional runner. I, Mm -hmm. I win marathons I've been in the Olympics and I I can pretty sure I can get a child out of my body and well that didn't really work out as she thought it would either she has a healthy son now too but did not go the way she planned because she you know she too just I don't know if we kind of both had a similar mindset of that we know how to endure things but also forgot that with labor you have zero clue when that race ends. Mm -hmm. So I got through that because I had to, that was one of those, you overcome it because you have no choice Mm -hmm. examples. (laughs) Yeah. You can't quit like midway and be like, change my mind. Uh, No, I want to go back home. (laughs) Well, what about for you, what the ones are, uh, you know, with your pregnancy and your other pregnancies, of course, I mean, you, got through them because that was part of the process you had to right yeah. but what about yeah. what about overcoming things that you didn't have to nobody was making you do it but you did it because you wanted to overcome it uh then I think the next thing would probably be um going to college hmm. you know again I was young I had a baby I do things on my own and I never wanted, I never wanted Ashlyn to look back and be like, well, I don't need to do it because you didn't do it. I don't have to do it because you're fine and you didn't go to college, but it was like, how the heck am I going to afford to go to school? There's no way I can afford to go to school. I was working at a restaurant for Pete's sakes, you know, but I was like, you know what, where there's a will, there's a way. And I'm sure I can apply for some kind of like assistant loan or something to get me through. So I researched schools. I found a school out in Chicago that I really liked and I put an application and sure enough, I got a really wonderful Pell Grant that took care of 
a lot of my schooling. I had very little to pay afterwards, but it was still like a lot per month for me. Well, it's taking care of just one little person. And it was, it was hard. It was two years. And I took the train into Chicago four days a week, uh, rain, sleet, snow, and hail. And I finished and I was really proud of myself. I was really very proud of myself. Yeah. And that was, that was, I mean, I think, I don't think the schooling was difficult. I just think the making sure I got up and I didn't give up on myself was difficult because there were, yeah, there were times where I was just exhausted. I, I didn't want to get up that day and get up at four o'clock in the morning and take my daughter to one of my friend's houses or my mom's house or something and drop her off and then drive to Gary at 5am and drop off my car and hop on a train and ride the train all the way out and walk, you know, a whole bunch of blocks to my school there. just It was cold in the wintertime. I don't want to do that, Mm. but I knew that I had to. Mm -hmm. So, Well, there's something to be said. Yeah. There's something to be said too about um, why or how we overcome those things when we don't want to. And I think a lot of it does come back to who we would be disappointing if we didn't. And usually it has to expand beyond ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. At least Mm -hmm. I feel like in most people's younger versions of themselves, like they have to, somebody else has to be holding them accountable in some way as to why they need to follow through or finish or achieve Um, because you aren't the only one counting on you. Mm -hmm. I'm terrible with like personal accountability. Like if it's just me, I'm like, ah, fuck it. It doesn't really matter. It's like, <laughs> I think we all struggle with that though. Yeah. I mean, but if it's with somebody else is on the line, if somebody else is watching you mm-hmm. that, I mean, for me, that's huge. I remember, you know, going home and the way that I like to learn is to teach. So I would teach little, you know, barely two-year-old Ashlyn anatomy and physiology and mm-hmm. kinesiology and she was, she was like the smartest little two-year-old, but she's still super smart, but yeah, she knew like almost all of the bones in the body. She knew the majority of the muscles in the body. She knew how the circulatory system worked. And it was really cute. Like hearing words come out of her mouth that were just so big, you know, and, uh, she was so just absolutely correct with things. You know, she'd, my favorite story of her being little is we were on a kindergarten field trip to like a pumpkin patch or something. And this little kid was poking at her and she told him to stop numerous times. And finally she goes, and Dylan, keep your phalanges off of me. <laughs> like, like who says that? She was like, yeah, oh, no, but look at her now. She's in the healthcare field, you know, exactly. So yeah. you instilled something early on with her that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she's always been fascinated with healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Those things too, like who you're disappointing, it comes back to me with running again, you know, like that mm-hmm. mindset of running, because I can certainly remember some really uncomfortable races or tough courses or long courses mm-hmm. where, oh my God, like I was just in agony inside, you know, in regards to how I felt or maybe I was struggling with an injury or just super fatigued. Like I can remember in my 50 miler, you know, mile 30 or so, I was definitely getting tired towards mile 40. I'm like, I'm like done with this. Like, I'm not doing this. This was stupid. Why would anybody do this? It wasn't stupid. I can't, I can't wait to do it again. (laughs) It's definitely going to happen again, but that's not the point. The point is I knew that I was not going to go home and tell my kid that I quit for what, because I was just tired and I was done and I didn't feel like it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like overcoming the mental struggle of finishing something like that, Mm -hmm. thinking you can't do it because somebody else is watching. And you know, it kind of sucks too, because you know, that can circle back to why do we care what other people think? You know, we shouldn't be so worked up about other people's opinions. It's specific people. It is. It's it is very specific. specific. It's specific. For sure. 
for like, sure. Broad generalization. I don't, I don't care what people think of me or my actions or what I don't care. You, you do you, but there are certain people that it really, really, really matters. Yeah, I agree. And, and his yeah, opinion matters for way. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it took me a long time to get to that where I felt like I didn't care what everybody else thought too. I feel like I definitely grew away from that mindset as I've grown older and it's mm -hmm. so freeing. Yeah. That's yeah, it is. It really is. And you just genuinely don't care. Yeah. It's nice. Mm-hmm. But even being in spaces too of just social situations um, where maybe I felt like I wasn't on the same level as other people or for some reason just felt out of place or an imposter syndrome crept oh, in. I know you, yeah, you really, yeah, you hate that one. You struggle with that one. I mean, over the years, I've gotten much better at not feeling intimidated in mm -hmm. situations where I felt like I didn't deserve to be. Yeah. Um, but that too, like overcoming those types of feelings mm -hmm. first, you know, overcoming them, but then backing up a bit to try to even understand where they even came from in the first place. I'm actually mm -hmm. working on that. Um, nice job. That's awesome. Teach me. Yeah. Teach me well, your like, way, mighty master. <laughs> well, I don't know how to teach you because I mean, somebody's teaching me, I'm like officially working on it with, um, I told you that I think with Shailene with yeah. RTT therapy, I've yeah, been doing RTT therapy. Um, for those of you guys that are listening that don't know what that is, it's a hypnotic therapy that has been fantastic in mm -hmm. what is it? Rapid transformational therapy. Yeah, therapy. rapid transformational yeah. therapy. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really looking forward to exploring it more as I yeah. start other sessions with her. But that type of work that inner work is you know helps you get through those limiting beliefs that make you feel intimidated for whatever reason you know wherever mm -hmm. it comes from um so you know i've been on that journey for a while now but most recently with that type of therapy it's really helped just solidify re training my brain to yeah get rid of those negative thoughts mm -hmm. that's hard and you call me out on that stuff all the time I'll text you something like super super negative and you'll be like absolutely not stop that right now oh sorry sorry no seriously because and I think we're all guilty of that you know we get in mm -hmm. our own heads and you know we're worried about what we look like in our clothes or what we failed to do that day or how we fucked up as parents. And it's so yeah. easy to get stuck in just that self-criticism and you've got to have somebody to pull you out of it to say, that's not what we're doing. That's not mm -hmm. how we're going to respond to whatever it is that is making us feel less than. No, no. We, and we talked about that before too, how we would never talk to our friends or somebody we cared about the way we talk about ourselves. What if I text you the things and said to you, to you, what you say about yourself? I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know what I would say. You'd be like, I'd be like I, oh man, she right. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You'd be like, what a bitch. Like, I don't even, who the hell does she what think she is? I can't believe she today. would. Yeah, no, I mean, we talk so poorly of ourselves. Another thing that's a work in progress, right? Overcoming that type of shitty thinking towards ourselves and if we talked to our friends the way we talk to ourselves you would have none yeah absolutely <laughs> so it's just something to consider yeah. you know when you're standing in front of yourself whether it's physically looking back at yourself or just mentally looking at yourself or put this scene in your head instead Talk to yourself as if you are the little girl you once were. Mm -hmm. Envision you now standing in front of your 10-year-old self, your 16-year-old yeah. self, your 25-year-old self, and treat her with the same love, care, and respect that you deserve now, which is a lot, mm -hmm. by the way. 
Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And nurture yeah. her in the same way that you know yeah. she needed nurturing then and didn't get. Mm -hmm. And that's how you respond to yourself now in that same way, with that same respect and level of care. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's perfectly said. So I mean, I'll about. try. <laughs> try every day. I want you to try every day. Mm -hmm. What are some other hard things that you've you've overcome? Um, I mean, one thing that definitely comes to mind is my first marriage. Mm. I was thinking and, about one of those two for me. <laughs> yeah. So you were such a different person. I I don't know. I don't know if we if we found each other back then. Like, would we have gelled? You know? I don't know. I don't even know who that girl was back then. You know, marriage at that point in life. I recently had a conversation with somebody about this and why why would you get married so young? Because I was very young when I got married. I was just twenty one. Um, and it was just the next thing that seemed to be on the list to check the box to check. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of just, there wasn't any input around me of adults or other people saying, are you sure? Like, <laughs> is this really who it is? Or is this how you want your life to look? Is there something you want to do for you before you commit mm -hmm. your whole world to another person? And, you know, whether those questions would have been met with aggressive responses from me or, you know, or not, I don't know, but I would have liked to have had somebody ask me that. Mm -hmm. But really, the hard thing wasn't stepping into a marriage it was leaving the marriage knowing yeah. deep down like this is not this is not at all like where I'm supposed to be like I don't want to be in this space this is not my person um and then once I found my brave to remove myself from that scene trying to just know what to do next and, and mm -hmm. what I should be doing next. And that felt really hard because it felt very isolating and alone. Yeah. Trying to sort of rediscover myself. But then I quickly learned that's something that's an ongoing thing in life is rediscovering oh. yourself. It's not like you're yes. ever going to just like, oh, this is, this is, well, yeah, I found me and now I know what to do. I, I really feel like it's an ever evolving thing mm -hmm. that it, yeah. it should be because we're, we're here to grow and to evolve and to learn. So, you know, you should, 100%. yeah, you should, to an extent change mm -hmm. as yeah. you move through life. And yeah. yeah, I don't know who that girl was way back then. I really don't. Yeah. And, you know, all I can say about that experience was, is that I learned from it, you know, um, I don't regret the relationship. I wish we hadn't have taken the step to get married, mm -hmm. but you know, it is what it is. There's, there's no failures. It's just lessons. And yes, I learned a lot from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But I certainly worried about the judgments of other people as mm -hmm. that failed. Um, oh yeah. Because it was destined to fail and mm -hmm. I really concerned myself a lot with what other people thought about that. And it oh, really yeah. took me a long time to overcome that. The, I told you so's. Yeah, I told you so's. And mm -hmm. just at that point in my life, I was at a different place spiritually and religiously. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But I, I was very worried about what higher powers would um, hold me accountable for, I guess, mm -hmm. with having mm -hmm. broken my vow. Yeah. So yeah. what about you? I, um, uh, marriage as well. Uh, I would definitely say marriage and I don't have to name it, uh, cause you know it. Um, but was in a very toxic, abusive relationship for many years. And I felt I felt all sorts of different things. I felt like, you know, I really, I really loved him. I really, really did. I mean, up until that point in my life, I, I loved him more than I had loved anybody else. 
um, there, <clears throat> there were definitely signs that I ignored, but again, not speaking kind to myself, I was like, well, I've already got baggage. I've got kids from a previous relationship and, you know, like if they're willing to take on my baggage, I should be willing to overlook some of the things that they do. That's not how that goes. Kids are not baggage. So I know that now, but I felt that way. I felt like I was being a burden to somebody else by bringing my previous children into a new relationship, into a marriage. And he drank so much and he was so mean and so hurtful with so many things that he said and did and the way he acted, um, the way he treated me, the way he treated my previous children. Um, I can never, we're, we're working on being okay now. It's been enough time. It's been a lot of years. So we're working on something different, something better. It's an ever, <laughs> it's an ever changing ball of crap, but it's moving at least but I can never forgive him truly for the things that he did to me, the things that he did to my kids. He was just so hateful for no reason. And when, when we had our first daughter together, it was rough that I experienced postpartum depression. I had never had that with my kids before. That was baby number four. I should have been a pro by now. <laughs> and have depression, I, I had no idea what was going on. And I did, I felt so alone and so isolated. Um, I felt embarrassed to reach out because like, well, my depression's not that bad. Um, you know, I'm not having like suicidal thoughts and I don't want to hurt my baby. I just have this horrible lackluster for life. And I'm afraid for when my husband comes home, because I don't know what mood he's going to be in or how he's going to respond. Um, it was horrible. And when I took a look at the situation, I have to say, I don't want another failed marriage. That was the words that kept echoing in my head. It's like, you have to stick with something. Don't give up on this just because you're having a bad time. Don't give up on this person because they're having a bad time. They need help. And I made it my personal responsibility to try to help him that you can't do that either. <laughs> can't help somebody that doesn't want help. And every day it was just, I could feel myself just snuffing out. I was losing every sense of who I was and who I thought I could be and the strength that I once had, um, that drive that I once had, it was gone. And then I had baby number two and that was like having a baby at 17 was like a, whoa, whoops, but having a baby, um, at that stage in my life was, I mean, that was earth shattering to me. I feel terrible looking back because I was so devastated. I was so devastated that I was pregnant and I felt bad about that because there's so many women that can't get pregnant and have tried and tried and tried or women that have lost and that I felt guilty about that. But bringing another child into this wretched, wretched marriage was not something that I wanted to do. And I did it anyway. And I cried a lot. I cried a lot. I was very, I was very, very, very depressed. And again, the thing that I kept thinking was, I can't give up on this. I don't want another failed marriage. I don't want to be divorced again. I don't want people to look at me differently and look at like, oh, wow, she's only, you know, I don't know how there was like, what, 36, 37 and has five kids and she's been divorced 477 times. I didn't want people to look at me and think that and think that I'm a failure. And then I knew that it would be really difficult too, because not only was he difficult, but there is a large portion of his family that is very difficult as well. So I knew that leaving him would mean they would all gang up against me and pull my children away from me, tell my children things that were untrue, manipulate them and brainwash them. And that has been one of my biggest fears. And it still occurs all the time. His family is incredibly toxic. Um, there's a few members that are absolutely wonderful. They're wonderful, wonderful souls. Um, the, the girls 
grandmother and grandfather. They're just the greatest people ever. I just love them so much. And I'm so thankful for them. And I'm thankful that the girls have them. But it was rough there for a while. And when I made the decision that I couldn't live like this anymore, I couldn't let my children live like this. I couldn't let my daughters grow up and see that this is how a relationship should be. Like, it's okay to tolerate your abusive drunk husband. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Hmm. The thought of them bringing somebody like him home. Oh my God. No way. I do not want them to think that was okay. No. So I had nothing. I had nothing when I left. I mean, I had wonderful people like you to tell me like, no, you got this. You got this. You could do this. How can I help you? Let me help you. And I packed up as much stuff as I could fit in like 15 car loads <laughs> and I freaking left. And it was the most exhilarating moment of my life. It was amazing to be away from that piece of crap. And I mean, I had no money, had no credit. I technically didn't even have a car. Um, and then within just less than six months, I started gaining those things. And then in a year, I gained more. And then I bought my house like by myself, you know, I bought my house. And everything just, everything got better. All the hard work paid off all the fears that I had of failing and not being good enough and people seeing me as just some divorced crybaby that couldn't stick it out. I did it and it's been hard, but I feel, I truly feel that I'm better for it. My kids are better for it. And even him now, um, now that again, there's much time removed he's better for it. He can be a different kind of person and he could be with somebody that can support him the way he is, not the way that they want him to be. And I mean, that's all, that's all I ever wanted. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to do it by myself. But I would much rather have it that way than live another moment in that same situation. There's no way. I wouldn't have been able to make it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here right now. Quite honestly, there would be no way I was, I was that depressed to where I believe you when you say that I believe you. Yeah. I believe you when you say that you wouldn't be here right now, because that was a scary time in your life. And it was really hard to watch and know that there wasn't much that somebody on the outside looking in could do about it, you know? And again, Um, I was embarrassed. mm -hmm. So to like reach out and truly ask for help, I just, I didn't know how. Yeah. I, no idea. I wish we could remove the stigmas around that in particularly postpartum because yeah, even, I mean, you know, it's talked about a little bit more now, but it's still way, way like, more now, but yeah, but women yeah. still feel like they shouldn't need help that they should be able to handle more themselves mm-hmm. that they don't need to feel supported. And <laughs> That is just the opposite of what is true. And Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, another thing I can relate to as well as the postpartum. And that was a hurdle for me as well. And mm-hmm. to think that there, you know, just to think that you should be embarrassed about it. And then to couple that with a dysfunctional, abusive relationship, put that in the mm-hmm. mix of postpartum. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just so thankful you overcame that because yeah. and and made decisions Thanks. to get yourself out of there because that was like incredibly brave and worrying about what other people thought you know is you know that saying that the most weight you'll ever lose is carrying around the opinions of other people like yeah, when you can like set that, that down uh-huh. when you can just set that down and even just kick yeah. it to the side oh my god like the mm-hmm. weight off of your back when you just truly stop caring about that in order to help yourself and help your family and to to live Mm -hmm. your truth. Wow. Yeah. And you're doing it now. I am. And I think that whole situation is what like was my springboard into not giving a shit what other people think. Like I'm going to take care of me and I'm going to take care of mine. You do you 
and you're not in my bubble. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I genuinely, genuinely don't care about you. And I just kept my circle super tight and focused, but that was, that's great. That was really great. Yeah. I, ne- I did not feel the need to defend myself anymore. And if somebody wanted to think something bad about me, like, oh God, he was talking crap about me, like left and right, making up stories and things like that. And it's at first you're, you know, you, you want to be like, no, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. That's not how that happened. That's not what, that's not what went down. And then after a while, I'm like, no, it's fine. Let him tell his, his side of the story, quote unquote, and let people believe his side of the story. Because if they're going to truly believe him over me, over watching me, they never cared. They never cared. If anybody cared about me during that time frame of my life, they would have saw how miserable and depressed and scared I was. And they would have reached out and said, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Can I watch the baby while you take a nap? You know, anything, mm-hmm. anything. And the people that believed him, they never matter to me. I'm not going to defend myself to idiots. No, those are not your no. people. You believe whatever you want to believe. The people that know me, the people that love me, they know what's up. I don't mm-hmm. have to, I don't have to validate anything to the people that truly care doesn't matter no it doesn't it doesn't Mm -hmm. at all I can remember the exact moment when you told me about that second pregnancy (laughs) with that relationship and the fear in your eyes and just the uncertainty of what was going to happen and what you were did you know I was going to tell you that when I asked you to like meet me I'm like, I will drive wherever you are. Where are you? <laughs> I don't know. I knew it was something like unsettling and like, oh, fuck, kind of like information. Um, I guess I wasn't shocked, but it was surprising if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was yeah. But I mean, part of that overcoming too is, the things that we are destined to experience and the things that are put in our path for us to endure are necessary. The overcoming is necessary in order for us to grow and become who we are now, because the Monica that was part of that scene and part of that relationship had to go through that in order to appreciate what she wants now and to really and truly know what she didn't want anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. You grew so much. I mean, you changed so much from then and now, and just Mm -hmm. who you are now after you left and started healing from that relationship experience. I mean, it's like night and day who Mm -hmm. you, who you have evolved to. So it's like, you know, yeah. And not that I ever want anybody to have to go through something like that, but at the same time, um, you know, there's the notion of things like soul contracts. Yeah. Which yeah. is a rabbit hole too. That's not for today. I know. I totally could go on. <laughs> but yeah. if you believe in a spiritual sense that you are part of the decision making in what you experience in this earthly world, like prior to getting here. Yeah. It's interesting to think that you actually may have signed up for that. In order you know, to think, experience yeah, it and grow, I'm from pretty it. sure that's called um, a being a masochist, <laughs> right? <laughs> because man, take a look at my little speed bumps in life. There's just nothing but tragedy. It's just so it's so sad. You've had a lot. Why did I pick this? Well, I don't want to say it's nothing but tragedy. Like that's an, that's an oh, overstatement, no, no, I think, because no, you is, you have yeah. had a lot of good in your life too. But you've definitely had, had your you've definitely had your fair share of a lot of trauma and heartache and unfortunate experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, nobody knows why nobody knows why anybody experiences the things that they do, you know, but the good news is, is that every time something happens to somebody, something unfortunate, or even something hard that's rewarding and they overcome it, you level Mm -hmm. up 
in who you are, yeah. your vibration gets stronger mm-hmm. so that you're able to step into that next realm of things. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I do I feel feel like okay, cool. I'm I'm now in this in this moment, I am ready for whatever's next. Mm-hmm. If it's something harder, if it's something more difficult, like god dang it. But I I got it. I can I have the mental capacity, the emotional capacity and the understanding of how to get through it. Like I feel like I have more skills. I feel like I have better tools to, mm-hmm. in order to get me through those things. You know, had it been through these things 15 years ago, oh my gosh, I don't know. There's no way. Mm-hmm. But each time things are getting more difficult and more challenging, but I'm easy. I'm, I don't want to say it's easy to work through them. It's less difficult to navigate through them. Still challenging, but less challenging because they well, have the right tools. Yeah. And I think as we get older too, we have the knowledge that we are going to get through the hard things. Like we are mm-hmm. going to overcome the things that we either don't want to mm-hmm. and we just have to, or the things that are we know that are going to make us better in some way. Yeah. You know, so there's that like light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, mm-hmm. of knowing that it's not always going to be trying to climb the hill. There'll be a downslope at some point. And knowing yeah. that now is, I think, comforting in some way. Mm-hmm. but there's a light at the end of the tunnel yeah I mean one of the great Metallica re- song <laughs> it's just a freight train coming your way uh but no it's really a light there is a light at the end of the tunnel yeah for sure and you know I think both of us and we've had conversations in this space before about the recent grief you and I have both had to oh, overcome man. and I don't know that yeah. you ever overcome grief I don't no. even think that's an appropriate mm-hmm. word no that's but- not a right word for it Mm-mm. No, but you learn to look at it from different angles yes. that help you cope, I guess. Yeah. Um, Just help you sit with it differently. Yeah, for sure. And look at it from different mm-hmm. angles. And yeah, it's never, that's not ever something I don't think you overcome, but you are able mm-hmm. to, like you said, sit with it differently or even see the good. Um, I think we've talked about oh, that yeah. a little bit in the past too. And you know, I, I would give just about anything to have my mom back in, in this yeah. earthly world with me, if it meant that she was healthy and, and happy. Um, yeah. but at the same time, I have, there have been things that have, um, I don't want to get too deep into it in this space today, but I can see that I can see some good things that he have evolved from yes. her transition to the spiritual world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll have to save that conversation for a different time different when time. I feel a little bit more equipped to, to speak on that, but mm-hmm. you know, you don't ever want to think that any good comes from losing somebody that you love, certainly not a parent mm-hmm. or you know, anybody close to you in that regard. But if you don't look for those ways, if you don't seek out that view, yeah, I mean, you can't get swallowed in it. You have to, you have to find the good. You got to see the good and then you got to be the good. Mm -hmm. Meaning in the madness. For sure. Yeah. You know, my, my dad, my dad was married to a really horrible, horrible person. And she just, oh, she just treated him like crap all the time. Her own family would ask my dad, like, why are you married to her? <laughs> her own family. And he would always say like, well, it's because I made an oath. I made an oath and I have to stick to my word. And he really was the epitome of a man of his word. Like that was one of his most wonderful and horrible attributes is mm-hmm. that he really was a man of his word. And so he did, he made an oath to her to love and protect and honor her and stay with her until death do us part. And God was like, brother, I've given you multiple opportunities to get out of here. Uh, you're not going to listen. So I'm going to let you out of your contract. Uh, yeah. death do you part. And like, let him free. That's the, that's the way I can see it now is that he let my dad free. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he doesn't have to stay married to her and be miserable and treated like crap. That's when my mom passed away. I just wanted my dad to find somebody that would treat him wonderful. Mm-hmm. He deserved that. He's, he's a very sweet and caring and giving man. He deserves to be treated really great. And then he met she Shrek and that didn't, mm-mm. it was not what I wanted for him. It's the nicest no. thing I could say. That was the nicest thing I could say was she Shrek. Well, that um, was generous. Yeah. But I just, I wanted him to have somebody that would love on him. And he didn't get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's sad. It's a lot to say about your dad and the content of his character that he was such a deep man of his word but I also feel like um that can be looked at as a way to overcome something too if you are that person because it's a limiting belief that you should have to endure things that you make mistakes on or that you changed your mind on you know Mm -hmm. and that kind of goes back to the beginning of this conversation or earlier in this conversation where I talked about my own marriage dissolving and just knowing that it wasn't the right space that I was supposed to live in and be in forever. And knowing that it's okay to, I don't want to say take back your word. I don't mean it like that, but if your word wasn't what you thought it was if you if you were signing up for something that didn't turn out to be what it is Mm -hmm. you thought you were signing up for something different and it's not that at all then I think it's it's worth a second look yes (laughs) it's worth reevaluating I didn't sign up to be married to an alcoholic no No. way and you know what I feel like if you're looking at vows and your word from a spiritual or religious standpoint. I don't know about you, but the higher power that I believe in um, at this stage in my life, while I should be capable of working towards um, connecting with somebody and overcoming challenges in life, the Mm -hmm. higher power does not want you to be miserable in this existence does not want you to be abused in this existence does not Mm -hmm. want you to be you know um, neglected or disrespected or any of the things that would cause something to dissolve or cause you to take a second look at your word so to speak Mm -hmm. Um, right I think that's worth saying yeah yeah and the like in in this situation of the marriage like your marriage your first marriage um, you know, if, if you had started feeling differently and he had started feeling differently, and if it was something that you two could work on collectively to grow together, that's a completely, that's a completely different, you know, bag of apples. Mm-hmm. People change. We talk about that. People change all the time, but it's how you change together is the key. So mm-hmm. had he been able to overcome his alcoholism or at least work towards overcoming it. Cause I, I am not naive enough to, to believe that I understand what it's like to be an addict. I am not. So I know that it would be a struggle always, but if he was willing to make that leap, make that change, I would have stuck by his side to help him through that. But it's something that we could have done together and overcome, you know, our hard as a couple, as a family. But when you have one person that is just driving a completely different direction you have no choice but to get out of the car you have to. I agree with you yeah I agree with yeah. you 100 and overcoming that realization mm-hmm. that you are driving in completely different directions is tough it's yeah. a tough pill to swallow and um it's super brave to to take your happiness into your own hands essentially. And just tell yourself you don't deserve to, to live unhappy mm-hmm. for all your days. You just don't. So kudos to you, you know, for kudos doing to you. that hard thing. Yeah. Kudos to you. Kudos to us. 
and we'll keep overcoming, you know, I mean, this overcoming of the things we don't want to do and the things that challenge us to level up, it's just going to be an ongoing mm-hmm. thing. And thank goodness for that, because if you're not uncomfortable, you are stagnant in your life. In mm-hmm. a lot of ways, I feel like that uncomfortableness, whether it's challenging or whether it's some type of dysfunctional or hurt way, it's the universe telling you that this is not like the next thing Mm -hmm. is there. Like you will continuously be made uncomfortable until you do something about it. Right. Or problems will continue to show up in your life until you figure out like how to work through it and move past it. The universe will keep putting it in front of you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They will keep putting it, it will keep putting it in front of you and pay attention. I mean, pay the fuck attention. Yeah. Or just continue to be on the struggle bus every day of just trying to trudge through. And I think we're all guilty Mm -hmm. of that too. We all do that because we don't want time for sure. Or even just a bad day. Yeah. Right. We just don't want to face the problem at hand. And Mm -hmm. I'm in the thick of that in some ways now, and and you have been, and maybe are now too. And I think mm-hmm. it's all part of the process. That's necessary too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I agree with that very much. All right, well, love. Well, it's been real fun. It's been real nice. It's been real, and it's been fun. It's been both real fun conversation with you today. That was super nerdy of you, by the way. That's fun. <laughs> That's fine. I like it. (laughs) All right. I'm out. I'm all out of, I'm all out of, uh, overcomings. (laughs) I've exhausted the hard overcoming things. And, uh, that's all I got today. I need a nap. Yeah. No, that's good. All right, love. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. I hope you guys loved that episode as much as Monica and I did. You know, sometimes it's really hard to have conversations that feel difficult or make us uncomfortable. But when you intentionally put yourself in the company of somebody that you trust, it's easier to say the hard things and to talk through the things that often go unsaid. Get you a best friend that does that for you. Thanks, love. Thanks, Monica being out here and taking the time with me today. If you guys love this platform, if you love the conversations that are here, please share it. Please rate it. Please review it. The best thing that you can do is to tell other people about it and give us your feedback. That's how this platform continues to grow and how it continues to stay sustainable. So we would love it if you rated this episode, left that review, shared it with a friend, and also subscribe to the podcast as a whole. I appreciate you all so much. I love being able to be here and share these conversations with you, and I'll look forward to talking to you soon.